We're all up to date on our taxes, and for once, there are five of us in the room. Welcome to Hand and Pod. Explaining the tax joke a little bit, well, in a few minutes probably. Uh, I'm Sam Kelly, welcome everybody as usual, and also welcome to. Now, which order do we do this in when there are four of you to present? I've never done this before. When just go from maybe once or twice. English now. Say hello. Good evening. Um, Australian now. Hello. Uh, Mariano. Buenas tardes. Welcome back. And Joel Richards. Hello. That's the team for this week. Um, we are therefore very undepleted, um, we're at full strength if you will, and that's the uh, exact opposite to one of the main stories of the last week, week and a half-ish, which we didn't really mention on last week's Pod because it was all just starting to kick off, um, which is the, the AFIP free transfer tax evasion well, that's what you're talking about with the tax personal enrichment. <laughs> I thought you said taxis. No, no, I said taxes. After being the tax authority, the tax office. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, who wants to have a stab at explaining what the fucking hell's been going on with all of this business? Well, it's something to do with. I mean, they've done their best to explain it all, but it's basically related to this phenomenon which you see a lot in in South American football of using one club as kind of an intermediary to hold the contract of a player while they get sold to another club and I know probably one famous example is Hulk who was sold originally to a club called Rentistas in Uruguay when he left his Brazilian club which I can't remember right now it doesn't really matter to the story that much and then he kind of went from there to Benfica or no he actually went from there to Japan online but still belonging to this Uruguayan club even though he never played for him but it basically means in essence I think that the club's that sign these players, you know, uh, in quotation marks, don't have to pay as much tax. The agents don't have to pay because, you know, technically they still belong to another to another party. And yeah, I think the efforts decided to uh, to come down hard on that. I think as well it's because a lot of these transactions, because they took place out of Argentina, they were to do they were done in dollars. Would that have anything to do with it right, as well? Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're supposed to. Uh, the new all the new contracts should be yeah. in pesos. So I'm guessing this was a way to circumvent right. that because they're actually de- dealing with, say, a Uruguayan club or a Chilean yeah. club instead of and that. Not only that um, yeah, the, the, the tax rate in Argentina is something like 23% on these deals. 23% is supposed to go to the government, where in, in countries like Uruguay it's much, much less. Yeah. Right. So yeah, they, there's these, they call it triangulation of the, of the transfer, where yeah. uh, a player passes through this microscopic club in Uruguay before going. Yeah, about this uh, Union San Felipe club in Chile that was also enrolling players belongs to a, to a someone that was, uh, I don't know, the world vocero yeah. uh, to an ex-president. Uh, yeah, I remember, seeing person back, to I remember back, seeing back, I think it was in uh, Clausura, where um, Javier Cantero, like the guy we've mentioned quite a lot, the president of Independiente who took over kind of on this kind of he was going to clean the club up and really yeah. do this and as part of that I remember he released all the details of 
who the Independiente players' contracts belong to and all this. And I remember seeing yeah, it, yeah, it was Fagundo Parra was one and there was maybe two others that also belonged, you know, again, in quotation marks, to this Union San Felipe club. Yeah, but they still had uh, two players, Santana and... Um, Zapata. Zapata couldn't yeah. play yeah. last weekend because of, uh, actually they were not really suspended. No, the club decided to withdraw that. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, because otherwise, so if they were found to be like illegal, they could have points docked, I guess. And precisely. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, yeah. the idea was that uh, the AFIP, the the Argentine Tax Office, started investigating these deals, and the AFA, the Argentine Football Association, was more than happy to let them. Which led us to the quite hilarious spectacle of the the man from AFIP sitting next to Julio Grondona talking about. <laughs> crunching down on these horrible tax evaders uh, whilst Grondona was just sort of sitting there smiling stupidly and placidly um, and of course aware is, that nobody's going to go anywhere near his bank account no, this going up here. Was it, well this is the thing this is uh, yeah. Yeah, the, exactly this is what's the, the biggest thing about this story is not the story in itself but why is it happening now because it's, this is something that's been happening forever because of the, right. the, the Fantino show is it? Like, well that, that's it? one theory I mean Fantino obviously well known journalist here very tabloid if you like Sunday yeah. night programme where um, his boss for the it's America the channel the, the owner there was uh, challenged Grandona for the presidency about a year ago that all fell through but still it's very much an opposition TV channel so you're right Dan they, they brought that up but the point is this has been going on for ages I mean right, yeah. you mentioned Hulk I mean a, I mean, a more a closer example for Argentina is Higuain yeah. who's yeah, moved to Real Madrid yeah. went via Locarno uh, or I don't know how you pronounce it in Swiss but it's just the Swiss a very small club obviously everyone knows Higuain hasn't played a single game for uh, Locarno but his deal went everything went through uh, Locarno and, uh, and as a result bottom line is on the one hand there's tax evasion on, on the transfer, but also it means that clubs are getting less money. Yeah. Uh, because the, the, the thief of Iwain was about $15 million, and, and River got seven. And then you have this agent, uh, like this guy, Daniel or Miguel Pires, that goes to Estudiante Games on a helicopter. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, that, that you have agents that are millionaires, and the clubs are completely broke, and it's. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, th I think that they were mentioning that the, the guys who are going to be in biggest trouble supposedly are, are, the, are the, these agents. Yeah. Um, possibly the clubs will be in trouble as well, and, was, and possibly the players as well. There was a list of something like a hundred and forty-six. Yeah, hundred forty-six agents, agents who've been blacklisted <coughs> by the AFA now, who will never be able to work in Argentine football again. That's really interesting, though, as well. Sorry, just that, that one of the players, um, and I think the others are going to have to follow suit. Jonathan Bottinelli, who's who River Plate signed from San Lorenzo, and this is the one that really sparked it all right, off, yeah. right? He's he was in court he, uh, he yesterday uh, or two days ago. San Felipe, he was the, the player. Exactly, player, yeah, exactly. This is the deal there. Exactly, and he's uh, and he's paying his tax. Yeah, well, I think Rodrigo Mora might have done as well because I read something earlier today saying that both of them are going to. Yeah, that's the thing. I think the players can get out of it by just going and paying one. And like, Afib is not going to change. You pay your taxes, you don't go to jail. Amazing concept. The really daft thing is, as we hinted at, as I think English Dan mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, the AFA themselves haven't actually banned any of these players. They didn't play this weekend, just gone because of a gentleman's agreement between the clubs. They sat down and said, look, if any of this blows up in the future, we can get points deductions if it turns out that we've been playing players who shouldn't have been playing so we're not going to do this but one of the players in question particularly for, for that is Emmanuel Higliotti uh, who signed for Colón um, for this season and scored three or four goals in the opening three, three rounds yeah. before being told he wasn't going to play the fourth round because of all this so they're going to take Colón's points off Colón are top of the league at the moment 
Title yeah, candidates. Yeah. Title candidates. Yeah. Absolutely. Apparently. No, <laughs> so what, what happens to the points that they won with, with Gigliotti up front? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think they'll, they'll take it. No, because no, then, then you'd have to take points of pretty much the whole league. Yeah, so many well, I was just going to mention some of the players involved. We already mentioned the independent players. Um, Botinelli was the one that sparked probably oh, really? most of the Well, players. if they want to take Estudiantes points with uh, against San Lorenzo, with uh, Roman Martinez goal, because well, Roman yeah. Martinez was one of the players. Roman uh, Martinez. Uh, and I threw out Strap Attack's brilliant assist. Yeah. Attack, of course, himself might possibly be having to leave um, Argentina altogether with no no but uh, as well, today they said that he's just going to sign because he wants to play in San Lorenzo but the truth is that uh, the, I think the transfer window in Europe Mm. Uh, finishes yeah. today so yeah, he can't find another club <laughs> so he has no choice uh, yeah. but pay the taxes and just yeah. play here and then you've got another player who can be added to the same list is uh, Fernando Ortiz for Racing who has really been like an excellent player at the start of the season like he scored two goals in the first two games from central defence so <laughs> I think it's hard to say you know I think every club is guilty of the same kind of thing and they're all been affected when this is exploded so I don't think they can go back and take points off before it it's played for example. No, it's not going to happen. It's, <laughs> no, no, it's, uh, it's, it's never going to happen. It's <laughs> seamless. Just seamless. Absolutely, yeah. We had to do a battery change at, at some point during that conversation, um, listeners, but if you can... So that last 30 seconds was a reenactment. Yeah, <laughs> a reconstruction. Um, our previous... Pre- pretty much up there with the Fantino reconstructions. Did you see yeah, any yeah. of them? With a... With a it was like Dungeons and Dragons yeah. figures yeah. 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 to reenact oh, yeah. the T.O. Uh, gun uh, incident in the Ras- alleged gun incident in the uh, yeah. oh, after the Casico no oh, you've got to YouTube it is it on YouTube? Yeah, oh, it, it must be it's, uh, it's like an amazing big, piece of TV um, a big old gun he put like a air <laughs> gun and this is the gun that Theo was using. <laughs> Did he just start shooting like because of stuff? Like a blunderbuss or something. Yeah. He's got like a producer. This is what Theo wanted to do. Bang, bang, bang. Fantastic. Uh, if we can drag this kicking and screaming back to um, current events after that. It's much more interesting tax version. I'd agree, yeah. So let's let's stop talking about the, the tax business now um, and get on to some of the on pitch action. Uh, the last weekend, it, we've had a bit of a roller coaster of a season so far. We had a dreadful weekend uh, three rounds ago. The last round, but one was pretty good, much much better. And then this weekend, we seem to have had maybe six of the ten matches seem to be absolutely dire. Would you say? I don't Probably. know whether I'm exaggerating, but River San Lorenzo was rubbish. The Belgrano, I can't even remember who they were playing. Belgrano was terrible. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to be at one of the few half-decent games this weekend at Argentinos Juniors against Godoy Cruz. Yeah. Um, the Benin was also really, really poor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was yeah. such yeah. a yeah. loss. <laughs> um, yeah. I just quickly mention, before we forget, the, 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 the Sudamericana game, before, course, the, yeah. which was about, yeah. I think it was about a week ago, so yeah. like about when we recorded last week. So maybe Independiente would be as, as good a place to start as anywhere. They went down 2-0 to Arsenal de Sarandí at home, and they still haven't scored in the league, at least, in the first four outings and that was kind of the end of it for Christian Diaz a coach who resigned after the game and now the the saviors arrived basically yeah what else can you say about Américo Gashiro exactly what, what can we say that's not already been said about him um, <laughs> so difficult to find the words really um, but yeah they in the Sudamericana last week drew 3-3 yeah which made, made me think of that because uh, as Dan said they haven't scored at all in the league no uh, the first couple of games I started to think well at least they, they seem fairly solid in defence and, and, and in recent games they've, they've 
they've looked quite poor in defence as well so they're not able to score the the key to getting goals out of Independiente seems to be play them in La Bo- play Boca in La Bo- yeah, Bo- exactly. yeah. they, they've now played Boca twice in, in 2012 and there have been 15 goals, 15 goals in those two matches a 5-4 victory for them which got the Cristian Diaz era yeah. kick started and the was it the third round of the, the Clausura this year um, and then this this 3-3 last, last weekend and as we as we talk as we record they're gearing up to play the second leg of that Sudamericana which will not be Gashego's first game in charge he's taking charge this weekend but apparently um, he has a big team divided oh, really? yeah. if, if they win he picked the team yeah, yeah, if yeah, they yeah. don't yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it was the international no I just thought it was worth mentioning that match because it was a spectacular match it was one of the best games yeah. I've seen in quite a while uh, just yeah it's a cliche but had everything it had you know, like woodwork being hit uh, red cards a real yeah. classic cut tie, you could say. Yes. Boca um, looked a fair bit better. I, I can't remember the, the exact uh, sequence of goals now, but they looked quite a bit better. Uh, I think it was two, they were leading 2-0 mm. quite they comfortably. Two, then, yeah. yeah, and then Independiente scored out of nothing. Well, they were needing 1-0. 1-0, and then Independiente, Independiente scored. scored and, and they scored 30 yeah. seconds later, kind of thing. Right, yeah, and, uh, and then, yeah, one. and yeah. it ended up being 3-0 in the end. And, and the other thing that happened, apart from all of the crazy on-pitch <coughs> action, was... Um, that a group of not Barra Bravas, very definitely not Barra Bravas, a group of very, um, presumably very wealthy people who can afford not just Boca membership, but to have Boca membership in the most expensive seats in La Bombonera. Um Those ones that are right above, if you're used to watching on TV, right above the, um, the, the coaches' benches um, in that special kind of flat, almost um, vertical stand across from the TV camera um, it's like being there Sam yeah thank you I just <laughs> imagine things like that um, lifted up one of the sponsorship signs and dropped it on the heads almost of, yeah. of celebrating Independiente coaches and substitutes after the it was after the equaliser wasn't it I, yeah I was, right, I was right at the desk because I think the equaliser came kind of three minutes into injury time yeah. I had to retake the penalty I walked in and switched my TV on just as all this was happening and was wondering what the hell was going on um, as a result of which those four people uh, having been identified obviously because they had their seats reserved in their name uh, and, and were doing it live on continental <laughs> broadcast television um, have been added to the, the derecha de admisión for, for tonight's match which is the list of people who aren't going to be allowed into the stadium um, so it's a load of Boca Barra Bravas and then these very rich people who probably send their kids to private schools and live in some gated off community well, uh, in the province <laughs> or, uh, quite yeah. unlike the Barra Bravas of course who also <laughs> who also live in gated communities because they're also extremely wealthy um, yeah the uh, but the, the Bombonero has been closed for a, for a match, hasn't right, it? As, yeah. as a result of it. No, I mean, it it's not just that they can't go to the next game, it's that the yeah, club has been sanctioned. Yeah. They will play at Bellas in Bellas, yeah. Against yeah. Rafael. No, we, should, yeah, we should mention as well about Boca that the Barra came around and said, basically to these Platea people, anything you can do, we can do better, and mm-hmm. you know, shot each other to pieces on, on the match. Absolutely, yeah, Boca's <laughs> head uh, capo of the Barra Brava, now Mauro Martin. Is, is he still in intensive care? No, he no, left, exactly. he left uh, yeah. yesterday, didn't he? Right. He said he, he, you know, obviously he didn't see who Which, shot him in the yeah. stomach or anything. Has no idea. <laughs> yeah, so there's a clash of the two factions, which I think we've talked about before. The Mauro Martin and well, it's not even mentioning these guys. Worth mentioning these guys' names really because it just adds to the whole. Oh, the, you know, they found powder on his can, and he said oh, probably it's because I, I smoke too much. He was given th- this happened in uh, where were they playing? I have forgotten who they were playing against. They were playing on the away. Um and he was given a police escort back to 
Capital Federal in, in, uh, in the ambulance when he had to be transferred back to Buenos Aires as well, which was a source of some, I think, small controversy, because if he hadn't had it, he would probably, possibly not have got back at all. Um, and Argentine football might be a slightly better place for that, but it wouldn't be encouraged, let's say. Uh, anyway... Meanwhile, in the game itself. Yes, yeah, so meanwhile, on the pitch, yeah. what happened this weekend? Um, Boca won that match, 2-1 away to Union. I can remember that. Yeah. Argentinos beat Godoy Cruz 2-1 as well. I can remember that one because I was there. Um, very bizarre performance from Argentinos in that it was it was very un-Argentinos-like because they created chances and they took one of them. The first goal was an own goal. Um, but the, the second one was a very, very nicely taken goal uh, from a player whose name I've now forgotten. Yeah, Really nice loss Superb goal. Um, And then managed to hold off A late onslaught from Godoy Chris They were sort of rocking on the ropes a bit For the last ten minutes or so But it, it was a deserved victory in the end I, I thought um, What else happened on Saturday Because I didn't catch any of the other matches On account of going to that Saturday, one Saturday we had a four goal thriller In Floresta between All Boys and Tigre Which was 2-2 wasn't it With a really two, late two, goal yeah. from Tigre But it should have been 3-1 Because was it just before Tigre's very late equaliser? Yes. I mean, literally, the pretty much last kick of the game, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. um, all boys missed a, 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 yeah, a, 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 a yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I'm really well chance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Down, down the other end, Tigre went r- straight back up the other end and, uh, and equalised. So, yeah. um, but yeah, it's a good game. And, and the, that was Tigre equaliser. Point of the point of the tournament. Like. Tigre's equaliser was scored by a player who I don't think we've mentioned on Underpod by name before. Um, but I think we should now because after as well as scoring that goal, he also scored one of their two against River Plate in the three-two loss a couple week or two ago. Can't remember how long ago. Um, and his his name is Diego Fatakla. <laughs> this is why we've not uh, mentioned it by name yet. Uh, it's F- there's no vocal between the F and the T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the start of his name. Um, I've heard commentators pronouncing it with the silent F, so just saying Tacla. Yeah, they just say it. Right, it's all does it really? I'd much prefer it was. For tack level, <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah, it's a nice task, I think. Um, other results: Quilmes, uh, Rafaela, also the last minute uh, yeah. draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't watch much of that game, but uh, Rafaela played better in the first half, and then Quilmes played well in the second. And when Lou also, it was pretty similar to the old boys Tigre match. In the stoppage time, Quilmes got the, the equaliser. Uh, what did Racing do, Dana? They drew one all against Lanús, yeah, which was an interesting game since Racing's coach is an ex-Lanús boy. Like he grew up in the club and was kind of their assistant coach at <coughs> about 26 years old. Did head coach at 28, 29. Didn't get a great reception, did he? No, yeah. at the end, like I think a lot of fans are a little bit, a little bit cold on him because he. He brought in a lot of uh, Lanús players. I was going to uh, say, yeah, because we were at close season. You know. We were at Lanús Racing, which was Subaldia's first or second match in charge. Yeah, he got Racing, sorted, yeah. the class yeah, yeah. I can't remember him getting a particular no, was, reception was, for that one. So no, he was for the, still warmly welcome then. Yeah. yeah, I think the fact that he's trying to snare a bunch of uh, well, Dryden succeeded. Yeah, 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 yeah. and Camaronesi. Like, mm-hmm. I think he wanted even more. I think. He wanted a regedo, yeah, <laughs> a few more. And also, I think what really annoyed. Um, the the Lanús fans was there was a there was a situation right at the end when Alchi got sent off and sent off quite um, quite cheaply I would say you know I think they said it was for the intention of hitting someone rather than for actually managing mm. to hit someone <laughs> so he got sent off and he, he kind of did it Alchi really isn't it yeah and that was after scoring a very very nice goal uh, laid on by Centurion and so he was on the far side of the pitch like as far away as possible from the tunnel 
and he kind of walked very, very slowly across it. So one of the Lanus defenders, Araujo, came over and kind of told him, you know, hurry up, hurry up, we want to carry on with the game. You know, five minutes to go and we've got a man extra, like maybe we yeah, can kind of get a win. Yeah. And so Wendia didn't like that at all and kind of confronted Araujo on the side of the pitch and that's when kind of the booze started and called him traitor and all this kind of thing. So it was, it was nothing really, you know. I think it always sounds a li- little bit worse when you hear it like in the newspapers and stuff afterwards. <laughs> the um, most disappointing thing about that match for me was that Osvaldo Vizcarrondo wasn't dressed in his magnificent bright pink headgear which yeah. she was wearing which we mentioned on Twitter but not on the uh, on the podcast last week <laughs> headband we should kind um, of yeah it's he, <laughs> quite spectacular um, and he was not wearing it unfortunately no. so we, we want him to get more head injuries so that he can wear that <laughs> I, I think we can all agree um, yeah. the, the really big match of the weekend um, of course the, the Clásico um, the first Clásico of River Plate's return to the Primera was probably one of the worst matches of the oh, it was so bad no. just so <laughs> bad the second half in particular was yeah. just wow I think that was the half I watched because I was coming back from uh, Lanús at the time and yeah I watched that half and I was like oh my god can we say anything about it really um, I was Mariano and I had a bit of a discussion a couple of hours after on Twitter um, I, th- I think just because Mariano slightly misunderstood what I was saying with my post-match analysis you land into Caruso as well like I, I, no I, I said discu- that, sorry but a discussion or a discussion uh, <laughs> yeah. no, no no really I don't, I don't know was it an argument or was it a no 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 really discussion I made a tweet after the game saying that River um, should have won it and I think Mariano interpreted that to mean River deserved to win yeah, which right. is not totally. what what I was saying was that River it had 60 odd percent of possession um, and when you've got that dominance of the ball you really need to turn it into something and, and River didn't uh, the reason I mention it now is that I wanted to also just mention that it, it, one of the really annoying things that, that pisses me off no end about River Plate and, and being a supporter of them is that whenever this happens um, and they, they you know launched off on one about San Lorenzo were playing like the teams they played in, in the second division and oh it's not fair they have to come out and attack us so we can score goals against them and all this kind of rubbish and it's just you know what they should be doing is looking at themselves right. and saying right why can't we break down teams yeah. who, who come out for draws so I don't think it's unfair to say that San Lorenzo would Probably happened. Tressing Ed was the one that but said that, right? Yeah, well, yeah, he didn't have a shot at goal in the exactly. game. Where yeah. was he? Yeah. And let's be honest, like San Lorenzo aren't going to be the first team or the last team who come to the monument. are happy to take away a point. No, precisely. Yeah. So so we've got to work out. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But uh, at the same time, you would expect San Lorenzo to at least play a little bit. Well, the thing is that. Uh, since Caruso Lombardi announced uh, announced the starting lineup, it was obvious that he yeah. wanted to take a throw and maybe and, and yeah, so maybe attack and yeah. get a goal if possible. But he hadn't uh, been listening to Vigo then. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, right. We will talk about Vigo this week. Yeah, yeah Vigo Mortensen. Uh, yeah, not a fan of Caruso Lombardi. I think it's fair to say. Also says that he's a Real Madrid fan and, and hates Jose Mourinho for for well, and then, and then sort of saying Caruso Lombardi is what a, a mini. Mourinho or something which Mourinho. Mourinho came out with which yeah. is yeah. fantastic so, I guess. <laughs> well, well given the circumstances you know San Lorenzo didn't have Piatti and Stracolursi and well Romagnoli is yeah, injured exactly. until next year the attack's been decimated yeah. Yeah, we, we um, spoke about it last week that he's still trying to find his best team so it was obvious that he was going to play like this at River and River should know that 
he was going yeah. to do that, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, exactly. Have, they have to solve that problem. And, yeah. and after playing, you know, if, if River are claiming that this is what happened to them all the way through last season in in the the second division as well, then they should have. Well, one of the, ba- the debates since the since this this match was about um, was centering around Lanzini, who's the the playmaker who's just returned. He was on loan last year at Fluminense in Brazil, and he is probably the best in his age group in his in his year. He's twenty years old, so he's probably the best playmaker that Argentina has has produced. Um, not not in the country or not. He shouldn't be. He's not not saying national team, but he's but he's you know he's a playmaker. He's in a, a typical sort of enganche players in the middle. And the thing is, River at the moment are playing him on the left. Mm-hmm. And, I was, right. and one of the radio uh, stations was having this debate saying, oh, but should Lancini be played in the middle? It's like, well, of course he could because <laughs> should, because that's, he's been played out of position. This is a playmaker who's been far down, been shipped over onto, onto the left, and uh, and so he's, he's not effective. And then this is the thing, you know, River saying um, that there's no creativity. They've got a creative player, and he's been played on the left side of midfield. So um, yeah. I think there is a, an option there to at least give it a go and mm-hmm. see if it see if it works. And this weekend they're going to play against a team that is using a real mm-hmm. playmaker, yeah. another young guy, Lucas Muni. Uh, so <laughs> maybe... They, it was they fantastic against Racing in the Copa Sudamericana, and he's been very good. Like, actually... Yeah. I don't think we've mentioned Cologne much this week. Like I've got to say, no, yeah. they won very well, kind of two-one against the Tordiantes at the weekend, and that leaves them. I don't know if it's top or joint they're, they're top. top right? They're a point yeah, yeah. top, ten points. And yeah, like they're ones to watch. Like I think we said similar about Cologne a couple of times because they always kind of flat to deceive, but. Who knows, you know, with Sensini uh, in charge, maybe this could be the year. Uh, I think um, they still doesn't, don't have the, the guy that's supposed to be their best striker because Ruben Ramirez uh, got injured in the first round, yeah. so they still have potential to play better. Yeah, I think River are going to be in trouble this weekend. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all if they if they get the first loss to, to Colón. Colón are very strong at home. Yeah. And although River's, um, River have been much better away than they have at home, <laughs> probably because the home side is more inspired or, or pushed on or whatever to um, to come out of it and, and that's what River ultimately River are a pretty good counter-attacking side but do you think kind of fail to notice against someone so I think I noticed this a little bit in the in the Nacional B last year as well like I think I saw River a couple of times playing away and they looked yeah. a bit more impressive like do you think just the pressure they're under yeah, in the Monumental at the moment well it's, it's that like combined with the the thing that we've already discussed of, of teams being happier to, to play for the draw away from home yeah. um, generally uh, which is perhaps something that doesn't happen as much at other stadia but then you know why is that um, River have a strong attack everybody looks at that and says right that's what we have to negate and uh, a point at the Monumental scene is, is a good point still but then you have to look you know I mean you can say the same with La Bonera and Boca win I, I'm guessing I, I would guess that Boca are far more um, effective in terms of the points that they pick up at home yeah. of the points available than, yeah. than River are and you also say you know Bograna went to the Monumental on the first week of the exactly. season and took three points you know? yeah. so. of course the what came from all of this was uh, the brilliant <laughs> phrase from Caruso saying that Trezeguet needs to get used to playing in the first division in Argentina right. as a guy who's you know, who, one of the all time foreign top scorers at Juventus World Cup <clears throat> Euro winning but striker. he never scored a goal in the first division <laughs> he's, yeah. he's only yeah, he's, yeah, sure. <laughs> 
Hey Caruso, he's having some effects on the on the shoulder. He hasn't scored. He hasn't. He never scored a goal for us. I suspect, and and I'm I'm one of the first people to pile on to Leandro Leandro Caruso. No, Ricardo. Ricardo Caruso. Thank you. Even when it's not necessary, but I suspect that he might have been joking. A tiny bit. I might give him too much of the benefit of the doubt. It wouldn't entirely surprise. Well, like when he said to Viggo Mortensen, uh, "You should worry about making a movie that someone goes to watch." Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody saw that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, he was joking too. Viggo Mortensen's in, in a new Argentine film now, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, the same producer as the, the, yeah. the Secret in, in the Rise. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called though. Let's it's go. called Todos Tenemos un Plan. That's Everybody right. He plays plan. himself and his brother. Right, what, what are we discussing now? What are, what are the matches have we not mentioned at all yet? Well, we haven't talked about Villas and 3 uh, 0 kicking away to uh, San Martin. Like. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so still remain convinced. With, with two defenders scoring. Um, Peruzzi, uh, Gino Peruzzi, the, the young right back who's still now um, Neymar's daddy. And. Uh, Francisco Cerro, I think was well, the He's a um, defensive midfielder, like Super yeah. Five. Yeah. They, for both of them, it was their first goal for. Well, in Cerro's case, for Belles, and in Peruzzi's case, obviously yeah. for Belles, but also in, in his first team career, full stop. It was a nice goal from Peruzzi as well. And he, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, he's best known for for his great defensive performance against Neymar in that match. But he, uh, I saw him live the other day, and they were um, very. He's he's very good going forward as well. Um, so he's a real prospect for the future right back for Argentina. There's a guy who can who can get forward and um, you know pass and, and receive and, and get in behind the defence as well. And, and after four rounds, we still have two teams with no points. That's yeah. not normal. It's, the league is so balanced, you know. And San Martín and Unión still have zero points, and Independiente still couldn't score well, a goal. Well, I have to say about um, Vélez, like, I still remain fairly unconvinced with them. Like, not really yeah, but I just think San Martin are that bad that yeah they make everyone else look good. So um, I, th- I think a three three nil win is a bit. I'll tell you how they play against Racing because they'll probably wake up and win five. Oh right! Yeah. Oh, they, they play against Racing this, this week. This Monday, yeah. Uh, it's a good opportunity for them to yeah. to get the first points of the of the season. Away, one team unbeaten, one team with no points. You know, <laughs> it can only end in disaster. For Racing, like. Particularly with Racing with, with the midweek distraction, they're playing the Copa Sudamericana yes, against Colón um, tomorrow. To, tomorrow. Which by the time this is online, will be today, or possibly even. It's best to just start there with myself and think about how, how probable it is. Um, I'm not going to the games, so that, that ups the chance ever so slightly that we'll be online before it kicks off because uh, I won't be writing off the couple of hours immediately before kick off. Um, what do you think your chances are, Dom? Having they, seen how they lost played the first, in, yeah. Yeah, sorry, the first leg was a three-one win for Colón and a thoroughly deserved three-one win. Four yeah. brilliant goals in that match, by the way. Um, but yeah, it leaves Racing having to go for it, I guess, at home. Should yeah. be an entertaining match. Basically, I mean, I'm going to risk now sounding just ridiculously Argentine because this is what they say. But I'd be more than happy if Racing end up out of the cup. Like I saw what effect it had midweek, the midweek game, you know. Uh, Racing went into the weekend. Uh, Vichar picked up a kind of a little sobrecarga, like a muscle sort of complaint, and also kind of these two old guys, Cameronetti and Sand. They came in, you know, haven't played nearly 90 minutes, and they were looking very ragged by the end. So I think you know it's such a cliche, but I think with the squad Racing have, like playing two games a week and going to suit them. So 
it's only going to get harder from there. I think the next game, if they go through, would be against an Ecuadorian team with all that travelling. So it'd be nice, you know. And everyone loves a little cut run, but I'm not going to shed any tears if if they can't turn it around. Well, the same for Independiente. Exactly. Yeah, they have a exactly very old team. Yeah. They can't afford playing no. two competitions and also yeah. for Independiente, they are the bottom of the West, you know, yeah, the relegation table. Yeah. The table. So exactly. But, I mean, right. I remember what was it back in 2010 when they won the Sudamericana, yeah. and that coincided with an awful, awful league, right, league yeah. finish, which has put them in the trouble there. Basically, yeah, reverberates so, yeah. up to today, like you know. So, no, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't be devastated if if they can't do it on Thursday. So, so by extension, by extension, I presume you're supporting Independiente in this match. Oh yeah, hoping they'll get through <laughs> and, yeah. and knacking themselves out of it. Well, yeah, I kind of. Um, now a win for Independiente with five players from each team getting injured would be, would be perfect. <laughs> and Argentina and are also playing the second leg of yeah. Copa yeah. Sudamericana today or tomorrow. Or the first leg was, was Tigres only. I think it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Yeah, it's tomorrow, but I, know, I mean, <laughs> when, the, yeah, when this episode is out, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah the, the first leg of that was Argent- still, sorry, not Argentinos, uh, Tigres only win of the season so far. They won 2-1 away. Um, so they're in the driving seat for that. They can get through with a 1-0 loss even. Uh, and that'll be interesting to watch as well. I, the T-grade, I definitely don't think have got the squad to <laughs> to cover the league <laughs> as, as it stands at the moment. Never mind to cover the league and, and the Copa Sudamericana. Yeah. But it's strange with Tigre because uh, they used to be strong in defence and now they're conceding two, three goals per game and they, yeah. they have the same players. Uh, in defence at least, yeah. Yeah, they, in defence they have the same players. I, I expected them that to have problems in, in attack maybe but not in defence they're, they're still the same players yeah. it is um, does anybody have any theories about why that might be Joel you've not said anything for no you've been compromised I mean, lost an awful lot of players and it's not just I mean specifically Roman Martinez so it's pretty important for in terms of players they've lost um, I don't think there's any single club in Argentina that Sudamericana would do, would would be a nice welcome distraction no. in terms of for for all different kind of reasons. Yeah. But I mean, even even Boca, um, you know, they won for the triple last year, the treble rather, and with the Libertadores, of course, and they ended up winning the of the three just the the Copa, and, and that was played so, Copa yeah. Argentina, sorry, and that was played, you know, what two months yeah. later, <laughs> um, and and it's just a distraction that no, no one's got the squad for it, it's no. especially if this tax uh, problem. Yeah, you think if any team so could do it, it would be Boca because we saw on the weekend they put almost a completely changed team. You know, only kind of Ischiavi and I think there was a couple more first teamers kind of survived. Yeah, that does. Week. As you pointed out in your excellent article, Dan, uh, it does oh, thank you. <coughs> indicate that Boca perhaps are taking it quite seriously yeah. as they rested players for the league mm. rather than the Super America, which is almost unheard of in Argentina. But but it's not uh, only because maybe they want to win Sudamericana, but the thing is that. If they if they if they are the best Argentinian team in Copa Sudamericana, yeah, they qualify to Copa Libertadores. Yeah. So probably that's the uh, reason. Yeah. They, they know that the other teams won't go really far because uh, I don't know yeah. Tigre, Argentinos Juniors, Independiente, maybe Colón, but Colón yeah. I think they, they can't afford playing two competitions. Mm. And so that's the reason why Boca thinks that yeah. Sudamericana is important. So they can secure a place in Copa Libertadores yeah. even if they don't win mm. the this league mm. um, I'm going to play some music now and we're going to hope that we've had a few more questions sent in and we'll try and answer them um, there were not very many when I left the house earlier so fingers crossed people have, have sent a few in now uh, don't go anywhere 
first question is from Scott Monroe, who says, actually we've kind of touched on it already, um, Gabriel Alcius sending off at Lanús on Sunday was harsh, was it not? Watched the game after Serie A games and it seemed like a weird dismissal, Dan, you were there. Yeah, um, I must admit, I was in the stadium and we were actually up the other end of the pitch from where the incident happened, kind of behind the, what was in Racingal in, in the situation and we were, yeah, it seemed absolutely nonsensical from where we were standing, you know, it was kind of a tussle, both chasing the ball as you see, you know, roughly 50, 100 times a game in any football match and then the red card just came out and you're like, oh, really? And yeah, it seemed like a very odd decision. Obviously, no one really could say much because we didn't have a particularly good view of it. But I sort of watched a couple of replays, and yeah, definitely. it's one of those. You know, there's been lighter sendings off before, and there's been worse challenges that have gone unpunished. But it was yeah, it was pretty cheap. I mean, I don't know if they've just given him one bat, one match ban, or the two matches. Like, but it can't. Yeah, really they were talking about they might give him two for the. I think for the protest rather than for the oh, right. foul itself but yeah it, it was a it was a funny one as we said yeah. I mean I don't know what you guys thought like you know you no I definitely I didn't think it was right. red at all either. and yeah. it's unfortunate because he's playing really really well at the moment who was yeah. the referee oh interesting oh who was it Pitana maybe I don't know it could have been Pitana yeah. yeah I think it was Pitana um Gareth Townsend asks do we know of any books written in English about the history of Argentine football and or certain clubs Maybe you should, guys. Um, should write one. Well, I'm currently well, working on one. There's one coming out, isn't there? Go on. Jonathan Wilson. Yeah, he's, he's going to be... Uh, it'll be coming out when he's written it, yeah. which I'm not sure he's... <laughs> well, he's coming here to, to start the research yeah, yeah, exactly, for it. Uh, exactly. very shortly. I, I think it's... It's not so far away from coming out. Right. It's, I mean, it's not, we're not talking the next couple of months, but it's. But he, I think he's, he's... He's quite far forward in the research. As far as I know, I, I, okay. I don't... Um, so that will definitely be worth a read. Yeah, when, um, when it comes out. Other than that, it's going to be plugging a gap in the market because there isn't really. I mean, mm. you know, you've got Spanish football, you have several more, but mm. Philbull yeah. and Sidlow's fairly recent-ish one. Um, well, Sidlow's cut is. And, is oh, sorry, it's coming yet, out soon. Yet to so, yeah. come out as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, German football, you have have tour and whatever, and there's no real equivalent for Argentina. Um, which I suppose, in a way, is is part of why all of us are in jobs because there's nobody <laughs> standing head and shoulders above everybody else, fortunately. Um, in spite of my uh, attempts to uh, to do that by being the producer of Hand of God. <laughs> um, it's a good step, you know. Tom Robinson uh, has remembered one incident over the weekend, which none of us have, have mentioned at all, um, and asks us about uh, one of the psychopaths of, of the Argentine League. He asks if Claudio Morel is the Bane of the Primera, who is Batman slash Bruce Wayne? <laughs> is he saying Bane is in the character of Bane or is no, Bane, Bane is just, not, just I think the general Bane of the character? character. Yeah, I, mean, I think both are true. Like. No, because he's got the, the mask. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, was, I was making a little, you know, no. words there. <laughs> but yes, he is the Bane of football in my So who is, who is Batman? Hmm. In a league full of Banes... Um, and jokers and whatnot. It's a little bit Bane heavy, isn't it? This one. There are no, there are no it, heroes it, in this league. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say like uh, Maxi, Maxi, yeah. Maxi Rodriguez. Very possibly. I would have said Clark Yeah, I would have said last year at the start of the season. I would have gone for Basile just for the voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Basile. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my answer. Yeah. Excellent. Tom Robinson um, also asks. I've just realised that's the same person. Centurion, Sanchez Mino, and recently Paredes um, 
Paredes is the young Enganche playmaker for Boca Juniors who's just coming through have all impressed um, but who's so far have been some of the more unheralded youngsters well, I think as we just mentioned uh, Peruzzi like, had a very good game at the weekend and he's looking as if he's going to be a very very promising defender so he's, he's been mentioned in the press especially after that yeah. display against Neymar but yeah. because he's a defender you know, he's not going to make the headlines every week but he's definitely won yeah, well, and nobody else that I don't think we well, we've mentioned most of the guys before, but yeah, uh, Gaspari Niguez for Argentinos comes to mind. I, mean, I, mean, just I was uh, extremely uh, impressed yeah. with uh, Guido Pizarro when I saw him live for Lanús. Like he seems to have right. really improved. Like I, I thought he was good a year ago, but he's really, really good now. And then Colón, the Colón kids, we yeah. mentioned yeah. before, Muni yeah. and Curuche. Yeah, and essentially any young players who aren't at big five clubs um, are going <laughs> to go unheralded. <laughs> so, uh, well, someone who's looks very promising. He's not. Had a great deal of match play, but um, Luciano Vieto, who was mm. kind of 17, just turned 17 when he got introduced into kind of the first team set up by Simeone this time last year. And he's not, yeah, as I say, he's not had loads of minutes, but every time he's played, you know, very kind of nimble little forward and also passes the ball well. And if he can get a few more games, like, he could definitely be one to watch. Absolutely. Um, Billy Morrison asks why are Argentine fans so stupid he's not mincing his words so. no. <laughs> burning things lighting flares is there any way to stop it um, well they tried like it used to be um, with water maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. with water yeah far <laughs> well they tried with water cannons and yeah. Belgrano Colón didn't yeah, they Belgrano the other week I mean, no I think if you look at games now there's a lot less of that than say def- certainly when I first arrived to Argentina back in 2009 yeah I think England, but the band it's only band it's unbelievable it's funny in Capital but you go to Racing or Independiente which is 300 metres from Capital and then you can light up I think Billy's referred there was a maybe one of the cops in Americana preliminary first legs which I can't remember but where the net almost caught fire though, but that so. wasn't here it was Paraguay or <laughs> that was it yeah. <laughs> or something, I, right? but I remember having a discussion with Billy on Twitter while that was happening um, okay. and yeah, yeah it's not really not to blame Argentina so he won't hold you after accountable for that at least no um, although there may well have been an Argentine in the stadium that's, that's <laughs> possible <laughs> I um, but yeah it's, uh, there, there are much worse problems unfortunately as well than, than that and uh, nobody has any real well as we've discussed many times desire to stop them um Sam Tunnicliffe says he misses the weekly What's Up with Racing feature. Could you ask Dan Edwards goal if he thinks they can win the Initial? The Initial? Uh, what a question. Uh, I don't see any reason why not, is probably the most optimistic uh, thing I can say about that. Like, there's definitely. How many times have Racing fans said something similar? Exactly. I mean, you know, I'm beaten in the first four four games and kind of in the top three. I know they're probably joint third with a couple of teams. I can't remember the exact league. So it's been it's been a positive start. I think, as I said, if they stay in the Copa Sudamericana, those chances are going to disappear very quickly because they don't have the squad to play two tournaments. But I was the pessimistic yeah, I'm version. Saying the pessimistic yeah. version is that we Thank now you. lose 15 games. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say no. I don't know if champion, but I would hope. To see Racing in the top six, like that—that that would be my my hope. Well, the way the way the the league's been going the last couple of years, top six is only a couple of points off, really. Yeah, apart from last year when well, Boca yeah, absolutely yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, He also Sam also asks any news on recent crackdowns slash resurgences in the battle with the Barras clubs seem to be waging. 
particularly Mariano if he turns up. I don't know what he's trying to insinuate with your Barra Brava. Um, <laughs> Come on. But I'm no, a bloody guy. <laughs> he, he wants your opinion on what's going on at San Lorenzo, I would assume. Um, oh, no, nothing special uh, with the Barra Bravas. Uh, we will have elections this next Saturday. They have been punching the captain, or well, with the captain punching... No, no, there were no. no. Uh, Bodinelli is going to to River, so there's no one to punch now. No. For now, uh, what could damage the the progress a little bit is the fact that Cantero is a little bit involved with this whole uh, tax thing. Obviously, his club being one of the the clubs that bought or you know, involved in buying uh, or doing this triangulation. So it's something that could be used as a weapon against him, as in like he's not as as pure as the driven snow anymore um, which yeah could be quite damaging to yeah, another problem is I don't think there's any sort of could be about this one is is clubs that don't that refuse to, to accept that there's a problem um, Boca have said this week they were the president specifically Dan, Daniel Angelisi said that um, that he can't enforce the derecho de misión which is banning certain people from going in if they haven't committed a crime he said there's, there's no reason that I have no legal basis to do it on and we're not going to do it he says that he doesn't know who the batters are apart from the, the, the two leaders of the two yeah. factions who everybody knows so, so essentially what Boca are doing is saying they don't know what, yeah. there's a problem all the other clubs do exactly the same it's just that this week yeah. with Boca the shooting it's there in the, in the spotlight right now yeah. we so should, that, that's, that's yeah. the main problem is that we no should mention actually that uh, for this game we're watching right now Independiente Boca uh, Cantero, the president of Independiente, actually has applied the derecho de admisión to, I think, it was something like 20 Boca, Boca Barra. Yeah. So they won't be able to go in the stadium. And which as, is as well as the another baby, baby step, but yeah. it's, it's something, you know. As well as the four who dropped the sign on his manager's head, as we, or well, his now ex manager's head, as yeah. we mentioned earlier on. Um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, Cantero still very much fighting the lone fight, really, yeah. isn't he? Um, yeah. Nobody's. <coughs> particularly eager to, to join in with him um, and that concludes the questions that we've had this week um, so we shall now play Mystic Dan's theme music and for one of the last times I think you'll be telling us what's going to be happening this, this weekend beating Union at home, Niels beating Estudiantes at home, Arsenal beating Lanús at home, Vélez and Belgrano to draw, Tigre and San Lorenzo to draw, Boca to beat Rafaela at home, Godoy Cruz to win at home to Independiente, Colón to beat River at home, uh, Quilmes, Argentinos to draw, and Racing to beat San Martín de San Juan. Okay, very, very home win heavy. Yeah. yeah. Difficult to argue with too many of them though, I think. Well, we discussed a little bit before Colón beating River might be I'm not sure I, I think Colón will have to stop winning at some point and River plays better on a away game so I think River can get a point there maybe more maybe we'll win it but uh, I'm not sure I don't know <laughs> that, that, this is Mystic Dan's prediction yeah. we can't argue with that yeah, you can't, you can't, 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 can't what we can do is make fun of him when he only gets two next week yeah. right you're disappointed that he's predicted Racing to win no it gives me a little bit of fear, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I think Racing have been quite good to me this, this year. Yeah. So far. I think you might have even have, had him to win like every game so far. Yeah, and then there was a, just a draw. Yeah. Uh, um, 
Super. Does anybody have anything else to add? We've had a very short trip. Uh, we haven't mentioned... I don't know if we want to talk a little bit about the Sabellus selections. Yeah. Um, of course, yeah. Uh, it, fairly routine. A bit. I suppose the two really big ones are the inclusion of Sergio Aguero, in spite of his sort of not, not as serious as it first looked, but uh, pretty big... Yeah. Plus, um, of course, he'll injury. be suspended anyway for the first game, so maybe that yeah. was in the thinking. Of course. Um, and then the, the other one, which is the, the uh, properly just a bit baffling. Um, would you like to tell us about the striker who's been called up, anybody? Australian? I can... Well, well, English well, look, can I just quickly say about Aguero? I think um, part of the explanation there might be like, the fact that Sabella has talked so much about trying to uh, build a unit or build a team that right. knows how each other mm. thinks and all that kind yeah. of thing. And I think he, he's, he wants to use any time that he can have with with the players yeah. so he's taking this opportunity to have Aguero with the squad and, yeah. and talk about their ideas and stuff so that explains that a little bit and the, the, the new caught up um, yes yeah, 28 year old striker who a cup, I think about three years ago was playing in China and playing in Yugoslavia all over the place uh, Hernan Barcos who's he's actually like on form you can't really argue with it he one of the best forwards in certainly South American continental competition over the last Definitely, he had two. He had two extremely good years in uh, Liga de Quito. I think he was uh, one of their top scorers. I remember one game he hit five in one match, and he was just outrageously good. And he moved to Palmeiras at the start of 2012, and he's got something along the lines of 22 goals in 40 games. So uh, a goal every two games, if not more, in a team like Palmeiras, who have been awful over the year and they're in the relegation zone at the moment and he's an interesting very interesting pick like he's he comes across like he looks just like a pirate which is the first thing that grabs you like very kind of lanky forward and you know very strong in the air but he's also very good on the ground I mean I saw him I was watching highlights of Palmeiras against Santos on the weekend and you see him like he can beat players on the ground he very good passing very good vision he's very tall but, but skilled yeah, exactly. Mm. And I think that... Would you say he's got a good touch for a big man? <laughs> you could definitely say that, you know. Definitely well, say Is that. there a Spanish phrase like that for the... It's just a classic a cliche about a tall player who's quite skillful. When talking about un, yeah. un alto. Yeah, un grandote. Un grandote. Un grandote. Un grandote que juega. Pero es habilidoso. Grandote habilidoso. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that'll, that'll do. So, yeah, I don't know how much he'll be playing if he's just kind of been included in the squad to kind of introduce him to the players and show you know see what he can do in training but part of the wonders whether he's being seen as an alternative to Higuain because as we've discussed before there aren't really well, I think, yeah, he, well I think he's a completely different player to Higuain like Higuain's kind of an out and out you know real poacher and he loves to run into the ball similarly Barcos is more size can, wise he's so, yeah in the fact that they're both taller than yeah. the average so time, they're, they're similar but I think Barcos could be uh, could be an option if he goes for a free up front you know what he loves to do is kind of hold the ball up at at the edge of the area, and you can also drift out wide and you know playing people like Messi and Iguain, Di Maria. Maybe that would be that would be the option for him because yeah, he's very very good with that, very good with his feet and strong as well. You know, it's it's an interesting bet. Like, I mean, a lot of Sabella's picks, especially kind of the Estudiantes crew, I've not really been that much in favour of, but I think it's it's a well, well worth a gamble. He played for Racing. Here, he and, was and Huracan, but he was on the books of Racing for about five years and played a total of three games or something like that. 
Uh, just get, kept getting farmed out online. His only highlight here was uh, playing for Ragan at River uh, in a game that I think ended 3-3 and, mm. and he scored twice. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful goal, but yeah. that's the only thing he did playing here in first division. Well, yeah, it seems that extra sort of strike as well as is up for grabs. Uh, perhaps not easy, yeah. as saying, perhaps not the exact same type of player as Iguain, but that yeah. kind of big target man. Because it's interesting, you know, we all know that um, Argentina have just got thousands of these kind of small, quick, skillful strikers, you know, La Vesci, Aguero, Messi, like all of these people. So, bringing both of us in is definitely like, yeah, well, it will give you a new Jen- dimension, especially at set pieces where... Then he's got a bit of a go, and like, so how is he looking for that extra, that yeah. another guy with the similar attributes? That- exactly. It'll be um, interesting to see. We've got wh- when are those uh, internationals? They're in two weeks' time. One's on September the seventh, which will be not this Friday, the Friday after, yeah. and the other, I think, the following Tuesday or Wednesday, something like that. One of the more annoying things about the Argentine FA is that they've screwed up my working week for next week because um, oh, we were supposed to have a midweek round of matches next week in one week's time um, and that was because of the international break and the need to not have our stuff over the weekend and they've decided to move that midweek to the weekend for no reason at all I mean the internationals are still going to be played so yeah. they haven't announced it it's still showing on their official on the calendar on their website as a midweek round to be played on the uh, whenever it's going to be Wednesday the 5th um, but it's actually going to be taking place on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday as if there were no internationals or anything else going on yeah. it's not a decision um, but it's a good one you think why, why do you want a midweek round? yeah, midweek rounds are crap for to make way for the international well, but there are how many I, I, players are called? Yeah. three players there'll be three of the most ones to keep who won't even play like. yeah, absolutely um, I, I don't necessarily think that it's a, a bad idea as such I was just saying it's, it's just like the effort to not bother actually even clarifying the reasons behind it just do it and yeah, right. <laughs> point it out to anybody and just hope nobody notices yeah, probably it has yeah, to do with the Copa Sudamericana calendar so. mm. um, on this note though we're going to, to leave now I think um, I think we've, we've discussed everything and we shall be back next week uh, for another dose of Argentine football in your ears um, it's goodbye from guest Mariano adios thank you for joining us again goodbye from Mr Richards goodbye goodbye from English Town goodbye goodbye from Australian Town alright and goodbye from me bye